Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is an independent music and arts podcast that sometimes goes into social topics and activism, but today it's very much a music podcast and that song that's playing us in or played us in is Earthquake by a band called Girl Friday uh, for their new album, Androgynous Mary. Boy, I had a hard time getting that out, and I, I, this is like my fifth take. I don't know why that word would not come out of my mouth. <laughs> anyway, that's the album, Androgynous Mary, on the Hardly Art label, which is a subsidiary of Sub Pop. And our guest today is Libby Shia, and she is the bass player and one of the vocalists and songwriters, and it's a really great episode. Um, she is... Uh, we I did this interview while she was herding cattle in Montana, we talk about that, but she's in a field, and at one point she climbs a fence, uh, so it's pretty great. <laughs> I wish there was a video. I I don't like audio or video with uh, podcasts, but boy, it would have been great because she was just in the middle of nowhere, and we interviewed this. But sometimes that caused for some echoes and weird sound stuff, so sorry, but it's a really great episode, and we talk about a lot of things. And there's one topic we talk about, and I've brought it up with some other female musicians just about how i personally find more interesting lately it seems like women are doing the more interesting things in music and she puts this in a really she articulates what i've been trying to say in two different episodes now she articulates it perfectly i'm not going to tell you what it is because she's going to say it a lot more, more interesting than me um but uh it's a great episode and if you like girl friday and you're a fan I have interviewed a ton of other musicians. I recently did Alicia Bagnano from Bully um, and Emily Cross from Loma and Tim Presley. Tons of, I've done tons of great musicians. David Pajo from Slint. Just, you know, I, mean, I could keep naming them, but I'm not going to. Um, if you like the show and you want to help, you know, support, just tell your friends about it. Say, hey, this dorky guy has a really cool music podcast and he talks to really cool people and therefore by proxy maybe i'm cool i don't know um and if you really want to support the show you can become a patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash conversations with dwyer uh there's always bonus uh footage from episodes um i blogs videos all kinds of stuff um i have a weird tom waits video up there right now that i did a response to the song what's he building in there uh, from the perspective of the guy who is living in the place. And it's really, I don't know, I did it a few years ago. and But the video, exclusively on Patreon. Um, and you can go to themattdwyer.com and find all things this podcast, merch, links to social media, like the Instagram. Um, the Instagram is uh, Conversations with Dwyer. And uh, I do pictures and videos of all the artists. And you'll know who's coming up. Anyway, that's it. Long intro, didn't like making it so long. I try to avoid that. This is a really great episode. Please enjoy my conversation with Libby Shia. Did I uh, hear correctly that you were uh, herding cattle in Montana? Yes. That is... Yes. uh, Quite badass. Yeah, it's very different than what I'm used to. But a friend of mine, his family, they have a lot of ranches and they like 
I think they breed bulls or something. And I thought, why not? I'm not doing anything in LA. So for the next three weeks, I'm <laughs> here. You can even see like, oh, here, I'll show you like where I am right now. This is like, this is like the one spot that has cell service. So I was like, I'm going to camp out here for a sec. And <laughs> I think later we're going for a ride to go heard them again but <laughs> pretty great have you ever done that before never before in my life so i don't know how helpful i'm being i'm probably just <laughs> getting in the way but it's still it's fun to experience it's very different than what i'm used to <laughs> uh I, I i admire your um i don't know say yes and fuck it attitude and go herd cattle i mean it's <laughs> fucking awesome yeah, yeah, it's definitely very strange because I'm also a vegetarian. I don't eat meat, <laughs> right? But now I've found myself in a very conservative pocket <laughs> of the U.S. Do you just like <laughs> say "run free, cows"? You're free. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna open all the gates and be like, "All right, no more. You you don't have to be hurt anymore." <laughs> Um, what, so where, how different is this from your, uh, regular background in life? Well, I mean, my dad, my parents are pretty conservative and I was raised very religious and very right wing and that quickly changed once I left the house. But, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not, it's not like, it's not a world where I'm, up in arms and I'm super uncomfortable because I kind of am familiar with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely have never shot a gun until recently, until uh, yesterday. Uh, um, <laughs> how did that feel? Did you go, Jesus Christ? No, um, I love the NRA. <laughs> switched to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm moving out here. And no, absolutely not. I like, I did it and I was like, I never want to do that again, nor do I have the desire to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Your Christian background interests me because I had somewhat of a Christian background too. So I know uh, that sort of one day w when you leave home, you're like, oh, fuck, everything I believe is just bullshit. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what uh, denomination were you? I, in mid-high school, I think... My story was more like I was lost and I was the guy everybody beat the shit out of. And so the Christian youth group was the first time uh, somebody didn't beat the shit out of me. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, I could hang out here because there will be less bruises. And um, and then I, I, but I never like fully believed it. It just was a place for me to, I think, I don't know. I did, always had my eye somewhere else anyway. And, uh, yeah. And what, but you're, so how did, what happened when you, like you do, is it, you went to UCLA and you were just like, I'm going to do drugs yeah. and, <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> Pretty, much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, it was like my, I mean, so my thing was like, I was raised very Christian and it was like, I was homeschooled my entire life. Like I went to college when I was, I mean, like I went to a community college like halfway through high school and that's kind of when things started falling apart, but. Uh, <laughs> or falling together. Yeah, it was, yeah, falling in the best way. Sorry, I'm just climbing over a fence right now. <laughs> You're the first guest but, I've had to climb a fence mid-interview. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so I like I left school and then it was it was kind of a similar thing where it was like I had been taught so much about the world and then coming into contact with people that weren't Christian was like I was like, oh, the world is completely different than what I thought and all of this is bullshit. And here I am. But yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, it was definitely a very jarring experience, but I'm very, very grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, that's because I remember like, I, I grew up outside Chicago and then I was started to hang out in the city at, at a theater. And, you know, that's just a bunch of, uh, that there was a lot of <laughs> drugs and sex. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it was like, was it a slow, because at first I felt guilty and like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is wrong. So real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was It was definitely like, I feel like it was a long time coming where it was like, I mean, it doesn't ever really happen all at once. Like your faith doesn't really just break. I feel like it was years of just kind of testing the waters and experimenting with drugs and <laughs> LSD, you know. Oh, yeah. And like, um, just... It just like years where I was just kind of like, well, this could be true. And then like, I feel like it was just, it took one moment where I was like, ah, oh, I haven't believed this in a really long time. Like, I don't actually think I really believe this anymore. Um, yeah, it was just definitely like years and years until finally I realized, I think it was not even until recently or like a year ago or something. I was like, oh, this isn't really a part of who I am anymore. <laughs> do you uh, believe in a God or did you, have you developed a, a new spiritual belief system or are you just sort of like an existentialist or something? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I mean, I think I'm definitely trying to figure it out and still very open to um, different ideas of spirituality. I just haven't really grounded myself in one yet, but I'm definitely not a staunch atheist. I was actually having this conversation with a Christian last night about our ideas of God. Um, and I think I'm more along the lines of like right now, kind of thinking that like the universe or all of us are kind of, I don't know, shared consciousness, whatnot. I don't really have the words or the <laughs> linguistics to describe it, but you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's very Buddhist like I mean that's the first time I started reading stuff about Buddhism I was like oh you you don't have to have a religion of people being dicks and oppressors <laughs> yeah. I mean I read that like yeah. the original monks back in Buddha's day they're like it was integrated it was women like there was no and I was just like fuck this dude was way ahead of his time yeah yeah and it's like it just it feels is, like is that, do I hear gunfire no, it's a truck. It's a horse trailer going by. <laughs> Not to worry. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, I definitely feel like I kind of, like, I love that. It's like, there's a lot of different religions that are always reaching towards the same thing or like reaching towards this very like pure idea of like, I don't know, human like community or like hope or love or whatever. And it's just all the religious bullshit that gets in the way. Yeah. I feel <laughs> it becomes a power to control. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, we just have a natural desire for uh, like a want to be a part of something to. Yeah. It's and in a weird way. I've tried, I've been trying to remove myself of that. 
Mm-hmm. Even like shitty, st- like I was a baseball fan for years, and I was like, "This is just tribalism. This is a bullshit way." Of, <laughs> like this is just ide- a means of identity to associate myself yeah. with my hometown, and I'm like, it feels empty once I realize that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think there's a, a Jonathan Franzen article or something. I don't. I think it was whatever postmodern guy <laughs> was like talking about sports as religion, about how like you show up every week or every game, like in like the outfit or like your jersey or whatnot, and you have like superstitions about like what kind of socks you wear and stuff like that, and like how people get this like feeling of God or like feeling of holiness whenever the team wins or something like that. It's, like, yeah. Very plus, plus uh, the, it's become so integrated with militarism and like American pride. And I don't know where you stand politically, but I'm just like, fuck all that. <laughs> yeah. 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 As much as I am in a very conservative pocket of the world right now, that is not, does not align with what I <laughs> really believe, but uh, do you find- even just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if, if your conversations with them are, uh, uh, are they receptive to your point of view? Do they listen or is it like, cause we get the big uh, impression from the country right now that everyone's just on their side and won't listen and argue, which from my experience is true. <laughs> Yeah, I think, it, I mean, it just really differs and it really depends on who you talk to because I, I'm i kind of a, I just don't really think there's a point for me to talk to someone or fight with someone that is so staunchly like ground in their views or just doesn't want to have a real conversation because at that point it's just a waste of both of our energies. But um, I've had conversations with people that are just really actually open to hearing like what what is it like being from LA and being very liberal and like and like standing up for things like universal health care and free education and stuff like that when they don't really have that sort of point of view and like yeah I don't know I feel like I've had a lot of very eye-opening conversations in the past couple, like a week or so and conversations that have been a lot more productive than conversations I've had in LA. That's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's great. And I think it's very important. I don't know, important conversations to have, like having conversations with my dad, he just does not care and does not want to hear any liberal point of view or any progressive point of view. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's not really worth my time. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's just baffling to me that people can't see the benefits of universal health care when people shell yeah. out so much money from their own pocket to for it or don't have it and I'm like where I don't understand the <laughs> what the disconnect is. It's like what you want want to die? <laughs> it's like I, Yeah, it's like you want you want to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for what? For a, a a tiny surgery or something that's I'm going to fuck you in the ass like later <laughs> financially. But yeah, anyways. I mean, I live in fear of losing health. I have health insurance from the state of California, like a good commie. And I, 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 I'd like live in fear that the fuckhead in the oval office is going to put a stop to it. And I, you know, I'll, I have kids. I'd be fucked. Yeah. It's so very, very scary. 
I know. I my healthcare runs out next year, and I'm a little bit, <laughs> not a little bit, extremely worried about what that's going to mean. But uh, well, I, how do we? Even? Yeah, I'll be the first to chip in on your GoFundMe for it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> since we all. <laughs> I, that's I've come close to that where I was like, well, looks like, but th- thankfully I never had to. But I mean, that's it's depressing that that's such a common way people uh, deal with. Uh, did you, so? Did you grow up in LA or around LA, or are you from like some other part of the world? I grew up in LA, like just a little, like a, a suburb outside of LA. Like it, it's called Claremont. It's in. It's the very last city of LA County. Is that <laughs> and north? Then it goes into Inland Empire. It's uh, east. East. Oh, it's okay. Directly east. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty east of. I don't want. Oh. Monrovia. Oh, I used to spend so much time in Monrovia. Oh, really? They have the best boba. All my best friends lived in Monrovia and Duarte. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 getting a little like. Y- 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 uh, the the hipster parents are coming in, and uh, which I guess I might fall under that umbrella. But I was first, and I can be a snob about it yes. <laughs> in true LA fashion. Yes, <laughs> you have to be. I love. I like that area. It's like I also a lot of like I spent time in South Pass. Yeah, I used to go. But, to, I used to go to South Pass if I had a good day of read, writing. And then I'd go and day drink at the French place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like, I, w- I was around the area, like me and my partner, we were just hanging out over there. I mean, before COVID. And then I was thinking like this, I was like, it's just me getting old. Like now that I really, really like Pasadena, like, is this just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, I don't know. There's, it's that, like that all American cozy feel. Like I think it's somehow deeply ingrained in our psyche to be like, ah, main street USA. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's three Chipotle's in this city. Perfect. (laughs) Ah, the racism here is subtle, but yet still existent. (laughs) Yes. This is mainly white people. You're like, oh no. (laughs) Uh, When, when you were in your Christian days was music, a part of like was that an interest or it could because i know from also being a former christian like there's that the whole world of christian rock which is just baffling to me oh lord <laughs> i actually think my first concert was a mercy me concert <laughs> i don't know mercy me uh, please do tell <laughs> they have they have that song uh, i don't know any of those songs besides their one song i can only imagine um you must have heard it it's like <laughs> It's very popular in like the contemporary Christian movement, <laughs> but I, whatever. They're not that special. They're, I mean, I shouldn't say that about someone else's music. That's pretty mean. Um, well, let's be. They're, <laughs> they're singing about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are very Christian rock, and like the song is just about like it's about dying and imagine you seeing Jesus when you get there or when you get to heaven or something or like talking about you're going to kneel at Jesus's feet, whatever. But (laughs) anyways, I like, I did play music. My, like I started playing piano when I was six and immediately my dad wanted to start like a, 
a family Christian band, <laughs> which I was staunchly opposed to. I hated that idea. <laughs> and yeah, and like I, my dad taught me how to play bass and guitar, which then became me playing bass and guitar for our church worship band. <laughs> um, and then, so that was like before Girl Friday. Girl Friday was like, worship band was my only band experience outside of my current band, which is like two opposite ends of the spectrum of types of music. And and because a lot of your lyrics and the songs are about political and and not anti-religion, but criticisms of religion. Is that a proper way to put it? Yeah, I would say so. Like, or just like criticisms of like, structure (laughs) or power structures right yeah yeah coming from a christian background and then i mean it's not a very pro-woman world uh was that (laughs) my 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 partner my 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 lady uh was sent me this article about christian guys and how they uh what is what is it's not discipline it's like um cultivate their wives and like the article was like it's okay to spank your wife and i was like what the fuck and this is like now this isn't like a 1950s like you know because you use the credit card without asking and i was just like what is going on oh oh my god that makes my skin crawl like it was I don't know, I was reading something similar. I just got into a hole recently of like listening to Christian vloggers and just because I kind of wanted to see like where the like young millennial Christians like where they were at. And turns out they just have not changed. They they are the same as their parents. Um, <laughs> but one of like the videos that I was watching was like it's okay to have a sex schedule if your par- if you're like whatever your spouse doesn't want to have sex and you need to have a healthy sex life because this glorifies the Lord or whatever. And I was like, I I get that might work for some people, but like putting it as this thing of like all these Christian people need to have this like very dictatorial schedule of their sex life. Just um, I don't know really where I was going with that, but that just kind of freaks me out. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of creepy Christian sex because there's a lot of that. Like he's that you know, like he's there with you, and I'm like, so you're into your exhibitionism, eh? <laughs> so Jesus is a voyeur. Great, great. What, what Perfect. Ang- what, what angle is he s- s- there? Uh, <laughs> is he above? Like, is he watching from the window? I'm very curious. Yeah, maybe he likes to mix it up. You know. From the closet, yeah. <laughs> maybe just from a sl- from a hole in the wall, just like. <laughs> so when when did you sort of uh, transition to uh, from Christian music to more, as they say, secular music? And like, what was your introduction to that different world? Yeah, I well, I had always written songs for myself and just kind of have always written poetry and stuff and explored that, but I didn't really think that I, I don't know. I always just thought it was kind of a hobby for me. And then like once it was actually really once I met Vera and once we started playing music together was like when we, when I started taking it really seriously, cause I 
saw that there was a lot of value in it. And I mean, I always saw value, but like I saw that it was something that was, and then it was when I just started, was like immediate switch in my brain was like, yep, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And this completely fits with who I am. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find it? Because, uh, uh, was there a process? Because you, I've watched videos of you live. Unfortunately, haven't seen you guys live. But like, um, mm. you're very. Pff, I sounded like an old man. You're very free up there. But um, like, you're having fun. Like, was it? Did you have to find that, or was it an immediate? Like, you just were into it. That was an awkward. Immediately. Week. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it was. It was also just funny because I just looking back on days where I used to play in the worship band for my church. I always just found it so fun <laughs> just to play music in front of people, and maybe that wasn't glorifying God or whatnot because it was all about me. But like, <laughs> it just felt so natural to just play on stage and then once it was kind of like oh yeah we can play music and this is our music and this is us sharing something of us it was like full-fledged just like just felt like we were kind of like hit with a cattle prod where it was like fuck yeah electrocuted and like all the energy just i don't know naturally came out um (laughs) yeah i don't i usually don't ask questions about like the songwriting process because it's uh you know it's some it's very common but i've I find um, your the songs are great, and I feel like there's like um, you could tell you guys are have a rich history or knowledge of music. Like it's it's good songwriting. Like it's at its core good songwriting or great songwriting. And I feel like you all have definitely studied. Like you know your shit. <laughs> and is that true, or is that just uh, you guys just happen to have a natural ability to be really good? <laughs> well it's just yeah all of us we all kind of have musical backgrounds and have all played music for basically our whole lives vera her bread and butter is like noise rock and punk and stuff and i'm more new to that and um like grew up on like motown grew up on classical music and stuff and like sierra is very much of an emo fan and Virginia is always very different. So I feel like with all of those like genres combined and all of those just kind of makes this really weird, like <laughs> synthesis of song, which nev- I never would have expected to make, but I guess we kind of all have an ear of what fits where <laughs> yeah, or what sounds good. I mean, you definitely hear that in the music. There is definitely that. Cause I felt like I was like, there was like a lot of, I don't want to say references, but, or influences, but that also is the wrong word. But I think you know what I'm trying to say here. Cause it's, yeah. it's not just like, Hey, we're a, this band or that band. There's like a lot of different sounds. And I think that's what makes you all very unique. And uh, like, I immediately was like, Whoa, these, these MFers are good. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and was there a, a sort of a conscious decision of like hey we want to because i've read a thing where one of you said you don't write love songs which i was like fuck yeah we don't need any more of those or songs about the sun i think we've covered that (laughs) it's just so it's so funny because i remember when we first started this band that was like one of the very first things that we said were like no love songs (laughs) and then 
I don't know if it was like a conscious decision for the last couple of years, but we just have never written a love song. And it's also just, it doesn't really feel that like with all of us writing together and all of us collaborating, it's like, we don't all love the same person. We're not all in love with the same person. If we were, that would be pretty confusing, but <laughs> it's just sort of like, a, I don't know if we would all connect to it if it was just so distant from us, <laughs> yeah. does, from all of us. Does somebody bring in an idea, like a musical idea, like a riff or something, or and then you build from there because that's interesting because you all four of you are actively involved all four of you sing which i don't i mean the beatles sort of did but let's really not call ringo a singer (laughs) 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 but you because i was the first time i was starting to to listen to your the band i was like you could i was like wow there's a lot going on vocally and it's i mean it's i think that any band that has more than one singer always has got a lot more I don't know, leverage, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all like pretty much bring, I mean, it really just depends for every song. Most of the songs are like a little more than half of the songs on the album were just someone had brought in a riff or kind of like a melody or maybe had a line or something and we all just built around it. Uh, but sometimes the changes were those songs that someone had written or fully written like maybe just their part and their vocal and then everyone will just kind of build around the song that already exists but um even so in like those cases it's always kind of like even if you have brought in a full song it's always like amenable like you can always like switch around the structure or change it if someone if we kind of feel a pull in a different way or whatnot but it's usually very very collaborative Except for except for small, I don't know exceptions. Except for exceptions, no. That <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> Sounds like a Groucho Marx line. Yeah. <laughs> Groucho. Um, is that? Is there ever? Does do you feel like it's easy? Like the songs come together pretty quickly with the, with those exceptions, but like it seems to me like and from an observer on the outside that there's a a very strong. Uh, chemistry and sort of bonding between the four of you and you kind of don't I don't sense that with a lot of other bands yeah definitely like we I feel like because of our songwriting and because of our very like our malleability with one another we just kind of became really close and like I just kind of meshed into one a little bit and like sometimes it's easy and sometimes it works and the song comes out really quickly and then other times it's like, it's just not working or we like finish a song, but it doesn't really feel the best that it could be. And usually we, usually we just put forward the ones that we feel great <laughs> about, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting writing process for sure. Um, it, it, how was it trying to break into the LA music scene? Cause it's, it's already a big intimidating scene. I'm, I'm always like, fuck, how does anybody start in like music? Cause it seems yeah. like climbing Mount Everest. Um, and yeah. was it like, it, how did you get, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just like, how do you get like your first gig and go like, and go from there? Cause it seems next to fucking impossible. So there were a lot of house shows and anyone could really play like a few met somebody or whatever um 
like I, if I was just starting from the ground up without having any, without knowing anybody in LA, I, don't, I feel like it would have been completely different. But once we kind of left school, we, we just had it like a, an attitude, which I kind of feel like we still have. It's just like we any show that anyone offered us or any show like that came our way, we just took it. We would play, we played like, sometimes we played like four nights a week or played so much and just like did not stop playing one because we really loved it. And like, I don't know. I think that was just mainly it because we just wanted to play and wanted to play live. And, um, but again, like, I think we were really lucky to have like, had been asked to get, had been asked to play and stuff. And we did a lot of cold, cold emailing of like hitting up bands and being like, Hey, we're this band. Can we please open for you? I've had so many for like a, like years, but I'm not ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam Clayton from you too, used to call up venues and cancel, say he was from the band, cancel the band. And then he would call the band and say he was from the venue that they were canceling them. And then, but they would suggest like he would call the club and be like, Oh, but we suggest these guys, which is filthy, but also just like, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Get it. (laughs) That is amazing. I don't know. I would never have the balls to do that, but (laughs) (laughs) was, uh, I've read something. I I was, I would hope this would be better in the world, but is it still LA still very male dominated and shitty in that regard? Um, I think it's hard to tell. I mean, I think, yes. Like when we first, when we first started, it was without having any like real community of musicians around us. That's certainly how we saw it. And certainly how like it felt at shows when like we, people would just like assume that we couldn't play our instruments or would assume that we didn't know anything about how to be in a band and whatnot. But I think over the years, like as we started playing more and like meeting more people, we've like seen a lot of like a huge queer community and a huge like community of like, just like not men (laughs) in (laughs) bands. And like, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really cool to kind of see those like kind of build up over the years. That's great. I think it's, it's definitely improving. Yeah. But, well, I, I'm, as a white man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We suck so bad. <laughs> uh, we are fucking the worst. And I, I speak from personal experience too, but, <laughs> um, Oh, that made me forget what we're I, all growing. Yeah. We're all growing and learning and that's, it's important to give our, to forgive ourselves and forgive our communities because why we have to, I don't know, learn to be better. And it takes mistakes to do that. Well, I got the mistake part down, <laughs> <laughs> but my, my, uh, uh, I call her wife only because I, it's almost of mocking of the word because it's so like, wh- I, I even like refer to it like an old Mormon guy, like wife, I, I'm making dinner, which ruins it. Cause I'm the guy making dinner, <laughs> but she's very good at, um, uh, you know, I was uh, always have strived to be aware, but she's extra super s- smart aware. And, uh, you know, I'm constantly uh, grateful to have somebody who's keeps me from being a dumb guy. <laughs> Stopping Thank watching you. baseball helped. <laughs> um, Amazing. I, I feel like uh, b- back to, I personally, like in my humble opinion, I feel like 
the most interesting music happening right now, or that at least is coming from either either women led bands or all. Oh no, I think it's just like it's interesting, and I wouldn't. I don't want to say that music is definitely like definitively better from like any gender or any sex or whatever because i don't know it's <laughs> anyone has a positive like has the chance to be really good but it's interesting to, like as our like the industry is opening up to different identities and different like kinds of people like you see the, all the all the all the perspectives that you've been missing this whole time and all i think just as more and more people are have the chance, opportunity to share like the, the broader our perspectives are on like what constitutes good music or like what makes a really inspiring artist or whatnot you just you don't really have those ideas of like i don't know this guy is the greatest guitarist of all time when it's like maybe then but now (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that's it. I because I've been like personally fascinated with that whole like the guitar god era seems like such a thing of the past, and it seems almost metaphorical for like waving your dick at the crowd. <laughs> yes, it's literally how I feel anytime I see some dude that's like I haven't seen it in a while, but some dude that's just like doing a fucking solo for no goddamn reason and is just like going off and it doesn't serve the song and I'm just like you're literally you're just masturbating in front of us at this point like you're just trying to you know <laughs> yeah anyway yeah it's it's we it, it's uh I because of my Instagram page for the show because I have follow nothing but musicians now I just get ads of guys dicking around on their guitar and I'm like who who do you think wants to watch you sitting in your fucking shitty house <laughs> jerking off doing your, yeah yeah uh, doing your bass riff or whatnot it's like I don't care at all though I uh did start following this uh female drummer because she's playing with um I forget who she's playing with. I think it's the dude from Soul Coughing has a new band and actually her her drum videos are pretty fucking badass. Hell yeah. But I usually From don't... women yeah. well, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> from women and non men, I welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I used to play drums and but and I just like Watching someone solely play drums usually is pretty awful, but she's, she's, but she's pretty like, I don't know. It's just, she's pretty great. It's like, she's really entertaining to watch. I'll have to check her out. I'll find out the name and I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, cause she was pretty Hell good. Yeah. And also I forget who the other drummer is. Somebody Tim Presley used on his solo album, and I looked at... Ooh, wait. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know what her name is. But... Yeah, I started following her on Instagram, too, because she... I mean, I forget what song of his I was listening to, and it wasn't like she was doing, you know, John Bonham drum fills, <laughs> but it was just so precise but intricate and, like, her own thing like there was just a sound to it that a style that i was like holy fuck this whoever this is is..." so i had to look look up who it was and and i just was like blown away by her yeah and it's rare that i think i think that happens where you like notice the drums on a solo person's album you're like whoa i gotta find out who this is yeah oh what album is that tim presley's newest like his latest Uh, album uh i think it was his first 
or second solo album with that uh, Kate Lebon uh, produced. Oh, was it Drinks? No, not that. Not oh, I love Drinks though. They're so good. They're I, incredible. He's just, I, he did the podcast a few weeks ago and it was just, uh, he's also just super cool, but I'm just like, the guy is like just this creative monster. <laughs> it's, anything he makes, anything he makes, I am just astounded by like, I think he, he released something recently in like during quarantine that I just was floored by. I would just like <laughs> listen to it on repeat and just could not stop. Also Kate LeBon too, like her, she also released something, something with, it's like an instrumental album. I forget who the other yeah. band was, it's but really it's like great. a green cover. It's unfucking believable <laughs> uh, Are there any bands in the local scene that you know of that maybe other, like, that other people are unaware of at this point that need to be noticed in your opinion absolutely kills birds i don't know have you heard of them before no they like for me they played a show last summer um and like their their um lead singer she just has like she has like the stage presence of like a lion or something she just explodes and like does not like there's no inhibition at all and like her voice is just carries the whole thing and you have to give them a shot i think um like kim gordon discovered them or something last year but they they were in before covid obviously but they were playing a lot in la and like every time was just unbelievable and they have their record came out last year i think it's (laughs) self-titled are they local but they're not local no they are local yeah they're i think they're all in la yeah, I feel like there's a, a like a, a new LA scene that's emerged that's really exciting because you know there's always the old guard and then the new folks come on up and <laughs> I just feel like it's more it's kind of didn't get it just needed something new and I feel like we're at that moment where there's a lot of new cool things happening. Yeah, it's great. Either like yeah, in Killsbirds or there's another uh, artist named Poppy Jean Crawford. She's also great. <laughs> amazing voice, amazing guitarist. I but, love yeah. her name alone. It's like of course you're a musician. Like it's like yeah. you've been a musician for 50 years, right? That's what that sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. For lifetimes. And like if you see photos of her, she looks like she's an artist. I'm like you were born for this. Like this is who you are. Isn't it crazy? It's like, I mean, I would say that about your band, but there's like these um, artists that come and it's just like they're beyond fully realized and there's a a confidence to it that's just beyond, like, it's from like a different world and it, you're just like, how the fuck do you, does this happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's something to aspire to for sure. Um, I want to believe in myself. <laughs> like me too. What about me? <laughs> but you're fantastic. I mean, if you don't believe in yourself, um, that's you're uh, and you're a goddamn joy to talk to. <laughs> Thank you. I hope that's. I hope I'm a great conversationalist. Um, <laughs> it's all that time hanging out in South Pass in the coffee shops at Buster's. Did you go to Buster's? Yeah. <laughs> I never did. <laughs> um. Yeah, I would go to Buster's and then I'd go get a coffee buzz and then go drink wine at Nicole's. <laughs> yes. I um, love Nicole's. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for your time 
taking up uh, walking around the uh, plains of Montana. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joy. I wouldn't have wanted to have this conversation any other way. <laughs> um, it it's definitely was a first. Um, I'll put all the things about the band in my show notes and is there anything else that maybe I you want to plug that I might be missing like website new album etc etc um register to vote (laughs) oh god fuck yes (laughs) I appreciate you saying that and mail things through the post office we really need it (laughs) yes well, those are two great plugs and the the most selfless plugs I've ever had on my 193 episodes. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Libby. It's been a treat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. for listening to conversations with matt dwyer do me a favor subscribe to the podcast remember to rate and review it and if you like become a patreon supporter at patreon.com slash matt or conversations with dwyer also listen to my friend's podcast hunk by mike bridenstein and kill gallons pub with joe kill thank you so much for listening i look forward to seeing you again